we'll take a look at some sets. And jokes and stuff, we'll take a look at some sets. Yeah! And then we will discuss and talk and things on the joy of sets. Okay. the Joy of Sets podcast, the podcast where I, Carl Kazana, talk to comedians about their old sets, notes and bygone material. In this episode I'm joined by the fantastic Jade Gebby. Jade and I have been friends for a long time and we both started at a similar time in Brighton. Uh, we've been friends ever since and have gigged a lot together and also written a lot together as well. Uh, recently we were both in the writer's room for the last series of the News Quiz on BBC Radio 4 which was a really great experience. I really enjoyed it. Jade is one of the current staff writers at BBC Studios. So as well as talking about Jade's stand-up, how she puts the set together, how she writes, we also got into talking about comedy writing, which I'm really pleased we did because I think she had a lot of good advice about how to get into it and how to write topical material. So for anyone that's interested in that, I think there's some really good advice in this episode for how to get into that. Uh, I also sprung a new feature on Jade called First Impressions, which I'm going to call a partial success. Uh, whether it comes back again remains to be seen. But I think Jade did a good job with it. And so, without further ado, I give to you Jane Gebby. Jade, Beryl, Gebby, as I live and breathe, welcome to the show. <laughs> Carl Kingsley Kazana, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you. You're the you're the first person to do it back, actually. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I thought you might have, like, multiple... Uh, middle names now thanks to this podcast no everyone else is just sort of going <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> just sort of the response anyway um well let's uh let's kick this into overdrive are you ready for the intro quiz i am good uh, you sound excited about it so that's <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean obviously you'll you'll be aware of this anyway from uh from the other episodes but um yeah, the intro quiz is like a blankety-blank style uh, quiz. Uh, basically, I've gone on uh, the internet, I don't know if you've heard of it, and um, found some information about you, and I've taken out one word from each piece of information, you just have to tell me which word I've taken out. Ooh, okay, let's see if I know myself well enough. Well, um, so if it, uh, if you want a clue, the website I took it from is jadegebby.com. So are, are you Oh, okay, of that? right. <laughs> <laughs> I am aware of it, but I haven't updated it for about a year, so <laughs> Well, yeah, I think I think some of these facts might be um what was it? Uh, in need of citation, is that the the term? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's jump in with number one. It's the introduction quiz. Introduction to the guest. Fire a quiz. It's the introduction quiz. Introduction to the guest. Fire a quiz. Jade Gebby is a comedy writer, stand-up comedian, audio editor, and blank lover. I was going to say amazing, but I know that's not the answer. Dog lover, which, out of context, when you say it like that, sounds wrong <laughs> it's i mean they're both good answers yeah uh, and you're absolutely right it's well i assume uh, <laughs> on both parts uh the correct answer is dog lover yeah uh congratulations <laughs> uh number two she has gigged across the country as well as in blank blank where she is also a citizen new zealand i am correct. a citizen of new zealand i didn't know that about you before uh, visiting jgebby.com did you not the land of the long white cloud. That's where I'm from. Well, I'm not from there. My dad's from there. Well, I I knew that you had been there, but I didn't realise that you were a citizen of there. That's Ah, well, I mean, to tie it into this podcast, I did when I first started, and you know, when you always like, I'll write some material about yourself. I tried to like write a bit of material about having a New Zealand passport, but it's not really that funny, to be honest. <laughs> well, now it's just like, you know, a good thing to have, isn't it? Like, especially. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Probably just make people jealous and they'll be like, all right, well. Jade Gebby co-runs slash hosts A Night in Blank Cackle Comedy. Brighton, where we Correct. met. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number four. Jade started writing comedy a few years ago and to date has had blank jokes broadcast on BBC Radio 4 Extra and on BBC Radio Scotland. Oh, well, that is that is very out of date now. <laughs> but at the time of writing, um, oh, well, was it six? Um, it, it, that's not what I've got here. I can give you a clue if you want. Um, it is the same amount of jokes that I had broadcast over six episodes of DMs Are Open last year. Just <laughs> <laughs> humble brag. Uh, was that seven? Bless you, Jade. No, a little, little bit lower than that. <laughs> Five. Sorry. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that would have been amazing. But, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, correct. Well, I knew you had two in an episode. So. Yeah, I was, I was quite unashamedly uh mm. you know showing off about that that was uh, i was oh, yeah. pleased with that no that's fair enough i mean i two of mine from when that was um mentioned two of mine were in the same episode so that's why i phrased it like that rather than uh like i've had i've written on these this amount of episodes because i was like no i had two in one news jack uh episode, yeah so in everything that I've mentioned it in so far, which is everything <laughs> that I've sent out to anyone, uh, I've always I've put five jokes across six episodes because yeah, equally I didn't want to say like four episodes I got in because it, it just sounds more impressive, doesn't it? Like to give yeah. the number. Um, yeah, exactly. So I mean, sort of annoyingly, that does segue quite well into one of the questions. But I think uh, if we, if it's right with you, I might come back to that because I want to talk a bit yeah. about stand up first and then comedy writing. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Annoyingly, for the flow, that would have been good. But um, you know, it's it's freestyle, so it's all good. Uh, cool. So <laughs> now that uh, now that we're relaxed and uh, we've learned a bit about Jay Gabby, uh, you feeling relaxed, Jade? Oh, very relaxed. Yeah. Okay. Good. So the the first question proper is: When you first started doing comedy, what style of comedy did you do, and has it changed over the years? Um, I almost feel like. In New Zealand, it was very wording. When I first started uh, in Brighton, it was quite, my persona was quite upbeat and my um, material was kind of just about me. And then now I think that um, while it's still about me, I try and bring in those issues, like I was saying, from New Zealand, which I think is what I would like to be doing with my material is kind of like, saying a bit more with it um but then also kind of in a whimsical way and then contradictory like a bit annoyed at the world in a whimsical way I, I think it is that sort of natural progression isn't it because like with the course that you and I did the focus is very much like keep the words as few as possible I think part of that is because you're new and it's like it's one less thing to remember if the material is in your head because it's fewer words yeah um, yeah yeah and then I think yeah it's that thing of as you because we've been going like pretty much the same amount of time I think like I think we started roughly like in Brighton around the same time mm. um because yeah when I started in Brighton that was like day one <laughs> for me um yeah and I think it is that thing of as you do it for a couple of years you kind of like that course teaches you how to write jokes and then you go off and learn how to be a comedian or like yeah. the comedian that you are and then mm. I think part of that natural progression is like how do I actually what do I actually think of what do I actually want to say yeah. not just what have I experienced so far um mm. I think because I so I'm at the minute writing uh or like trying to write my show and like so I'm looking at everything that I've written but also what do I want to say with it yeah. um it's quite interesting I think as well because like you you write jokes for ages and you go yeah that's a good joke it does or doesn't work but then it's like this this extra thing of like, well, does it work? And also, does it say <laughs> what I want it to say? Yeah, exactly. And does it fit my voice? And does it like, yeah. Because, for example, I've got a bit of material that I, like a, a, a joke that I've been doing quite from the beginning of like when I finished that course um, about um, the woman who waxes my moustache asking if I want <laughs> if I want it all off and that's kind of 
change from being a little and now it's just sort of like a throwaway line that's basically it but performed a bit better <laughs> um and then it builds into other things but i think before i sort of when i first started i had a few more things to it and it was more just like isn't that a funny thing to say and then now it's like almost part of a wider thing that is pretty much the wider thing of my set in terms of like how society kind of and myself view you know things like that like yeah. having facial hair or you know that kind of thing yeah. and so it's like I suppose what's interesting of like what you say, saying about like looking at that old material and thinking okay does it fit is like you can almost go back to old stuff that was just like an observational thing about yourself and then think, okay, how can I reword that or reframe that to kind of fit with the message? And I'm not saying like a message is in like a deep political message, but just like the message of what you want to say, like generally. So when you are putting a set together, how do you do that? And as a sub question, um, do you have a short, joke that you always put at the beginning of a set to like just get a laugh like quite quickly as you go on stage or because I think you and I are quite similar I think probably well I'm guessing your answer but <laughs> they might be that you might do a bit of ad lib at the beginning and then go into the first joke yeah yeah definitely I sometimes do a bit of ad lib because I enjoy doing that and actually at the moment I'm and this is not like saying this how I feel all the time but at the moment, I'm really enjoying emceeing more than doing my set. Even though I'm enjoying doing my set, like I'm gravitating more to like, oh, MC spots. Oh, someone needs an MC. Oh, can I MC kind of thing? So um, yeah. So any any excuse. And now I actually find when I'm doing a gig, I'll ad lib in generally in the same kind of places, but I'll, I'll, unless I obviously someone says something or someone like heckles or something like that, yeah. um, but you know i'll i'll add the kind of in the same places but obviously different things um but with your last i'll answer your last question <laughs> first, i'll come back to your first question um <laughs> with that i've actually found that now there is something that i do at the start which sort of gets a chuckle and i think kind of breaks the ice and i i quite enjoy doing it that i think i'm gonna keep doing it to open my set but just as I go on because I am quite high energy I'll sort of go on and I'll be like hey and sort of to the listeners I'm doing that <laughs> where you're encouraging people to be excited yeah. and then I'll I'll always be like oh hi how are you and generally people are like like someone will be like oh good at least but like often lots of people be like mm, yeah and then someone will say good and you know people will just respond yeah. in in their way and then um often then I'll just say oh I'll go around each of you and ask how you're doing because I've got 10 minutes kind of thing or five <laughs> minutes or whatever and it's not like particularly it's not like a funny joke or, or, or it isn't a joke but it's just kind of like a I think it gets across my persona of being quite friendly with, even though um, I'm finding there's kind of a duality in my persona of like high energy, but also sarcastic kind of. It's like how I am with the audience is like upbeat and friendly and that kind of thing. And the sarcasm's kind of at the wider world. It's like us and them and them is the wider world kind of thing. Yeah. So I think by doing that, it just sort of breaks the ice and it, and it often gets a chuckle, even though it's not like, a, I'm not saying it's like a funny joke or anything, but it's sort of like a lighthearted thing. And um, yeah, it often just sort of gets a chuckle and I quite enjoy doing it. So I've just started, it started as yeah. just like an, an ad lib thing and actually I've carried on saying it, not always in the, that wording. So it will just be like how it actually comes out. But yeah, it's like that kind of premise well, and it shows that you're relaxed and in the room as well like rather than hi I'm Jade here's my first joke yeah exactly and like I'll change it around so um like the other day I did it at 
a competition and I said, oh, I would come around and ask you individually, but I've only got five minutes. So, you know, it yeah. like depends how like so then also they know I'm in the room because, OK, I do it. I've started doing it every time. But yeah, I it's not like a written thing. So it just comes yeah. out how it comes out. Yeah, it's like a it's like a practiced ad lib, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> a faked ad lib. <laughs> <laughs> Been uh, trying a similar thing recently because I think, I think again, like we're probably quite similar that our personas are quite like affable and, um, you know, likable and everything. Uh, and I think I like particularly when I first started, I got that a lot because obviously I was rubbish. So after the gig, everyone would be like, "Oh, Carl, you're really likable." Not funny, but likable. Um, so that's always just been like the thing I've like lent into. Whereas yeah. now, particularly I think because I'm doing more new material gigs, trying to get this material like set for the show and stuff. Um, I know there's a certain amount that I need to get through and I know that I will get carried away with ad-libbing. So now mm. I do like a couple of minutes at the top of ad-libbing. And then I did it at this gig the other night and a guy heckled like quite noted like noticeably that I had to respond right in the middle of a bit at the end. Uh, so I just went okay that's yeah that's a good point but you know the the chatty bit was at the beginning wasn't it we we had that and now we're we're into the work now and we you know we've really got to get through this like which I think is in contrast to my natural mm. kind of because before I'd have been like oh certainly sir what was that you know yeah like, yeah almost too I mean, accommodating a, yeah definitely this is something that like I um I know we've spoken about before um but I've found because because say for example, I I think on our timelines, like I started emceeing after you emceed. Um, and I think I know you said in the past that a while back you were almost like getting maybe annoyed is the wrong word, but like frustrated a bit at yourself sometimes at gigs when you had stuff you wanted to get through and then you went off and ad libbed and then it was like, Oh, this stuff that I wanted to do, I just keep ad libbing. And I feel like that's kind of what I've been doing recently um, because I have been enjoying emceeing, but I need to make sure that I don't take it too far the other way. And yeah. so like even like sometimes I think I kind of um, uh, like need to focus more now. And I guess being aware of it is a good thing, but I need to like get back to, okay, I can't ad lib all the time because sometimes people don't want that. And like the other day, did a competition and I ad-libbed far too much <laughs> and didn't get it through. Uh, and I mean, I have fun and it was fine. It wasn't like it was bad or anything, but it was like, okay, I do need to know when to, I need to kind of like, it's like, you know, like a kid getting too excited about like the fact they can run, that they run everywhere and then they like fall over. It's kind of like that. <laughs> I, I feel like as well, like it's that thing of, maybe it's a bit like a tap like right at the beginning of the set you turn it on full blast just to go like look I'm funny I'm relaxed like mm. even if you don't like my jokes you I'm you're gonna like me so it's fine but then you yeah. have to kind of like turn it off a bit whilst you're like in the set because that's why you've gone there um yeah exactly yeah and I think yeah you could yeah I would like like you say I was in that position where I was just walking away from a gig going I've just wasted my time because I've done all this yeah. writing and no one's heard it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah uh so Jade how do you put a set together well this is the thing actually that is kind of I was gonna say kind of interesting like how arrogant is that like <laughs> this is a thing that will get the listeners um, <laughs> moving into their wirelesses closer um so I actually feel now so this is a thing going back to kind of how things have changed as well and something that I've found and again you I think you might have found with us being kind of similar in a way in like the kind of affable friendly persona that's kind of like people's mates kind of thing yeah. hopefully um, <laughs> and I found when I first started that I found that while I would have obviously good enough gigs to keep doing it, I would also have like loads of bad gigs and um, I found myself being very inconsistent and I'm still obviously like anyone who's pretty new, like still not like all the time consistent, but I do feel a lot more consistent now and 
often when I have a bad gig, it's because of something that's like made me revert back and or like I haven't responded to something well enough or, you know, it's, it's like something that I understand. Whereas when I first started, I feel like I was having bad gigs like all the time. And um, one of the reasons or probably the main reason for that is I was just too like it works for some people but for me it doesn't work having everything written down like word for word and just mm. reading it off like exactly word for word I do write stuff down obviously um but what I tend to do is I'll like write down some jokes try them out and then see how they work rewrite them and then what I'll tend to do because and not to brag, but I have a very good memory <laughs> because I have a, I have a good memory. What I then do is I'll just like remember it and then I'll do the material that way yeah. and then like refine it kind of in my mind and I'll record my gig so I can listen back and then be like, oh, did that work? Did this work? And then um, I will like type out a set, but my last typed out set is from quite a few months ago. Um, because every now and again I think oh it's probably a good idea to like type it out so I've got a record of it yeah. um, but for me like I'll, what I'll usually do before a gig is or if I'm changing something around in the set is I'll write out like I'll have a list of so there'll be like dog and then like laser and then um, dentist or whatever like Joe Wicks like I'll write down bullet points so I know so that is me like writing out my set it's like so I know what order I want to do it in um and when I MC I'll do that and then I'll tick it because I in when I'm MCing I'll just do what material kind of feels right even though I have an idea of what I want to do in the first section and the second but if someone if an act mentions something that I have a bit about I might mention it after them before I bring on the next act or something. So what I'll do when I'm MCing is I'll have that and then I'll tick it off in my notepad just so that I can think, oh, actually, I've done the dog bit or whatever it is. I need to remember not to do that again in the second (laughs) section or something like that. Um, But yeah, so what I tend to do is in terms of putting a set together is have it as bullet points and put it together. And then when coming up with new material... I have it written but it's not exactly how I'm going to say it on stage yeah. and for me that works much better because I'm more natural on stage and it actually ends up that I do pretty much say it exactly the same every time but because it's not written down and I haven't learned it like that but I've learned it by saying it out loud and remembering it for me that works much better yeah I, I totally agree with that as work is like the the whole thing about remembering the set rather than like I think particularly for new material like the amount of times I've gone and done stuff which probably was a lot better than (laughs) it got credit for but because I've read it from a book and it's like Mm. you're just uh presenting to the audience that you haven't learned it you don't really care about it like or, or you know that you know you haven't taken the time and also like if it's a if it's a 10 minute spot I know that like two or three minutes of that is probably going to be dicking about <laughs> well you know a couple yeah, of minutes yeah, yeah. dicking about at the top this is really only eight minutes worth of stuff that you need to remember and like mm. that is isn't really in the grand scheme of things that much when like the bits are perhaps a bit kind of looser and you're like hitting the yeah. punches rather like hitting beats rather than set up punch all the way through yeah yeah exactly that's the thing it's like i know what the the main punchlines I want to say are and how I get to them when it's like the first few times of saying it is kind of comes out more naturally and then it's like oh it works saying it like this I'm gonna keep saying it like that yeah. oh actually maybe I'll change this bit or that bit and then so it's like all in my mind basically <laughs> even I, though I, I have many notepads of just like words written down <laughs> yeah or like ripped out pages just of like a shopping list of like like you said like joe wicks dentist etc yeah like, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> the yeah. amount i throw into the recycling just like well that was a shit gig i'll get rid of that one <laughs> <laughs> frame the good ones <laughs> yeah <laughs> like talk a bit about comedy writing if that's uh all right with you jade 
No, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll move on then. Uh, <laughs> so no comment. <laughs> <laughs> that would like I would have so much respect for that. Just like, so Jade, uh, what advice would you? Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck everyone. Um, no. Uh, yes. Well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just for anybody that doesn't know, so you currently are the is it staff writer for BBC Studios? Yeah, title. yeah, yeah. So there's the um the staff writer bursary at BBC Studios, yes. and that's what I'm doing. Cool, and I mean, so that is why your uh, five jokes aired on BBC is well out of date. Because <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I set up that um website just as I quit my old job, and then I started this job, and obviously that has changed a lot. But um, I haven't updated the website. I keep thinking <laughs> to myself, I must update it, but. I'll probably do it when this job ends. <laughs> well, because then you've got a definitive number as well, haven't you? Like, yeah. you wouldn't every week just like, like a tally, like. Yeah, 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 exactly. Although I do hope once I finish the job, the number isn't the definitive yeah, number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to imply that. It's like, <laughs> no. well, you've had a good run, Jade, and <laughs> you're topped out. out. Um, yeah, so my first question about uh, comedy writing is how did you get into topical writing? So um, I have, well, I always was into radio. I did radio production at uni and then um, like maybe, well, actually while I was doing it, I went to see a recording of um well, of lots of topical radio shows, but particularly Newsjack. I think it was when Angela Barnes was um, hosting it. and But at the time, I hadn't done any stand-up or hadn't done anything like that. And I was interested in radio comedy from, like, the more behind-the-scenes... Well, I suppose writing is behind-the-scenes, but, you know, like, from a different, different angles. Yeah. But then when I started doing comedy a few years into it, I then people kind of like spoke about old news jack and submitting jokes and getting paid you know you get a bit of money for it um so i i sent off and never had any much luck but then um just before the pandemic i submitted some jokes and got a few on one series and then i submitted some more jokes and got a few on another series um and then somehow i heard about breaking the news which is um on BBC Scotland and uh with that it's like you have to uh basically email them but then um it's like open door uh so that basically means if anyone's not sure that's like anyone can submit so that's with Newsjack as well it's like anyone could submit um and then hopefully if you get something on then you get some money for it amazing um, yeah, I remember we were writing on the news quiz together a while, well, a few weeks ago. Uh, and I remember because you and I went to watch the recording and I feel like I learned a lot from watching the recording. Because I think retrospectively, you look at what you did on the day and you're like, I think particularly when you go into something like that, you're like, look how much I know about politics. And it's like, actually, the I think the point is like, know about politics and know where the setup's coming from, but then take the punchline kind of out of it and into a different realm that's all yeah 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 definitely and I think I think it maybe it was Grania Maguire when I did because I did her over the lockdown I did her course which was really really good um and because over lockdown I obviously all our gigs stopped and then um I started get like submitting more stuff into um topical shows and then also um I started a comedy writing masters and over lockdown it kind of became clear to me that while I really enjoy stand-up and hopefully I'll always do it and I really like it I really really enjoyed writing and I quite like writing for other people as well um but yeah I think it was on her course that she said and if it's not her sorry if it's someone else Mm -hmm. but I'm sure she said something along the lines of like well obviously it's good to know about like what's going on in the world and politics and stuff like that uh topical comedy is different to like satirical comedy so satirical comedy would be like you know like Matt Ford and like um Nish Kumar and stuff like that yeah. but then like topical comedy it's set up punch 
So while the setup would be something, you know, about Liz Truss, for example, the punchline is can just be out of that world, you know, as long as it kind of makes sense, obviously, with the joke. So who's Liz Truss? I've not heard the... <laughs> not her well, I mean, she was someone who wasn't <clears throat> relevant for a very long time. Oh, oh, she was. Yeah, I reckon she's. I reckon she can turn it around, man. She's. Oh yeah, yeah. she'll be fine. <laughs> it's always darkest before the dawn. She's gonna absolutely smash it soon. Uh, best of luck in your in your job. <laughs> um, I think that there was that thing as well, like because uh, I, for ages, thought I wouldn't be able to do topical writing because I was like, sort of scared of it. I'm thinking like, well, I'd have to know so much about all these things that I don't particularly understand. But then I think that like, we were talking about it a little bit. And like you said, that uh, really good advice from Grandin Maguire. It's like, you don't have to know about the whole thing, but you have to. And in a way, it's it's kind of like you're given quite a lot of stuff because the setup is all provided for you in mm, the news mm. story. You just have to go through it and find the facts that are a bit more obscure or interesting and then put yeah. a punchline on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like find the funny. Like I... um remember one of my jokes that got into news jack was about spaghettification which is something <laughs> to do with um space and i don't know <laughs> that much about space but i do know about food and so <laughs> the the joke i mean this was a few years ago but i it sticks in my mind because i think it's a really good example of this of like i don't know about space except for the basics i know it's it's i know it's up there somewhere <laughs> and i know it's pretty big that um, is quite but, basic to be fair <laughs> <laughs> i don't know a spaghettification or anything like that um so but you don't need to and uh, you know to write a topical joke about it you need to be able to do wordplay you need to be able to um you know craft a joke and so basically the punchline was like something about um like parmesanification and like <laughs> it was about like meatballs and parmesanification i can't remember the exact joke because like i said it was a few years ago but yeah. it, it's quite a good example of that I, I feel like those bits are kind of a gift when the setup itself almost feels like a joke or like there's an element of it that is funny. Um, yeah, although I think like the one thing and obviously especially when, with Boris Johnson and stuff is sometimes it's like finding the balance though. I mean, with something like writing on news quiz or now show, you're kind of given the topics that they want to focus on. But something like when... Um, uh, news chat used to be around um, it's more go and find a story and then make a joke about it and one thing that I would say is like you don't want the story to be too funny because on its own because then it's like it, it's like how, how do you make a joke when it's already a joke you know it's like yeah. the joke's already kind of been done um, so I think it's like finding that balance of yeah, it's great when a word like spaghettification comes up. But if it's like, oh, there's a new story about a dancing dog who is wear dressed like a clown, I don't know, like that's already a funny <laughs> story. So it's kind of hard yeah. to make a joke on that. Well, I suppose as well, like if you find a story like that that seems too good to be true, then probably a lot of other people are going to write a joke about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, like... um again if anyone's listening and wanting to submit to like open door shows where you have to find the stories um yeah like the other thing that especially helped with that joke that the one that I gave the example of is it was about science and space and I think a lot of the time in those shows people either look at like the top stories or they look at like maybe the news stories or actually maybe the football story. So if there's something about, I don't know, the, the women's rugby or there's something about um, some tech company or something like that might have more chance of getting it on just because um, there's less people doing Because you could send a really funny joke about Rishi Sunak, but A, people have probably written, well, people have definitely written other jokes about him and sent them in but also they might have even done the same joke because yeah you know people are going to get there as well I, I think as well like you say the science and technology section I think is often overlooked but there's so many like 
researchers that scientists do that have that make no sense to the point where you're like have scientists just run out of things to discover and they're now like yeah how many pencils does it take to you know whatever yeah 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 exactly <laughs> there's some ridiculous stuff i often find myself looking on there and thinking oh you scientists <laughs> like, what are you like ahead of the news quiz i did a bit of a deep dive into the news quiz i think it's surprising how often the sort of lighter bits with a bit more brevity in the second half of the show mm. are focused mm. around science and technology or Elon Musk and he's yeah. usually good value um mm. yeah I remember I found one particular website which always had like quite obscure news stories that nobody else seemed to be across and I kind of played it quite close yeah. to my chest with that because I was like oh, it's giving me some gold right <laughs> I think yeah. two or three yeah, of them yeah, came yeah, from definitely. that yeah uh, so the final question of this bit, although I think we've probably answered it, but if there's just like one thing, I guess, that you would sum up is like, what advice would you give to people that want to get into comedy writing? I think there's a lot of good advice there anyway, but what's the like golden mm. rule? <laughs> I think like, especially with topical is like, and I try to be like this with News Jack, um, like make sure that you submit every week and don't feel like just because you don't get anything on that your stuff isn't good or that you um, aren't getting anywhere because like often your stuff might be like really close to getting there. But with a lot of the, those shows, um, it might be like, say, say like seven or 10, like one liners. And if hundreds of people are sending in, then to even get to the point of being, you know to the short list is really strong uh and even to even to send stuff in and is like really strong to get to the long list so don't feel like a giving up just keep keep submitting and submitting regularly because also that like people see the names and stuff so they'll notice oh this person has been really close three weeks in a row and they'll notice the name even if like it feels from your side you're not getting any success because I know definitely that I felt like that um and then also um because as well like say for example writing on like the uh the closed door I don't know if that's writer's <laughs> room shows I don't know um closed door is the right thing but um like shows like the the news quiz and the now show we write you know um so for example this week I was writing on the now show I was writing all day yesterday um and then all day today and so obviously by writing all day you send quite a few pages of material and then hopefully like some of that material will get in um but um so you know if I'm sending off that much and a few bits might get in then when you send in um uh like two gags then um you know it's quite your chances are limited and kind of cut down uh, so basically what I'm saying is don't give up um and also I think not to bring up Grania McGraw again but she is a brilliant topical writer and like gag writer um I think it was on her course or in her newsletter or somewhere that I saw her kind of say about it but when she writes on things like The Last Leg and um, Mop the Week or, you know, all the different shows that she writes on, she won't then be worried about, OK, how much stuff did I get on? Did I get anything in? I mean, I'm sure she does like all the time, but she's not thinking about that. She Her job is to write the gag, send them off. Hopefully they'll be right and they'll work. And then, um, you know that that's it like she's done what she's supposed to do um because often as well what happens is you know you might suggest something that then inspires something by the presenter because they have their own voice so it might inspire something so there's been times when I've sat in a room or sat in a recording and there's something that was sort of something that I might have mentioned that has been turned into something completely different okay I didn't write that particular gag but I helped inspire it <laughs> so maybe I'm grabbing onto stuff but I think that's like another thing as well is that you know you build up people build on stuff um so every everything is is useful 
I don't know if I think I rambled a bit there. Sorry. No, I think there's really good stuff in there. I think like you say, deep, but I rambled. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you're in those uh, positions as well, like in a writer's room, I mean, like from a sort of logistical point of view, you still get the credit whether something goes in or not. Obviously, you, yeah, it's nice if things go in, but it's like you're it's still a benefit to you because you're getting a credit to then like put in your CV and stuff. And like, yeah, and also like improve it like every time, you know, say, say for example, people um, are sending stuff on into an open door show and it doesn't get in. That's still say if it's a sketch or say if it's a joke, that's still an extra like sketch that you've written or an extra joke that you've written, which either, you know, you could put, you know say in your stand-up set that week if you want to have a bit of topical material in if it's obviously not if it's a sketch or um you know it just means that you've practiced more so it's you know that's that's always a good thing it's going to mean that the next time you write a sketch to submit to an open door show that um your sketches will probably be better yeah like i remember at the beginning of uh dms are open i sort of like had to have a chat with myself to say that like because i was determined to do all of the writing for the whole six weeks to submit everything that I you know mm. to give myself the best chance and I was kind of like there is every possibility that you could write all of this and none of it will get on but it's see it as like uh like a fun exercise rather than like you know my my way in I guess like uh, yeah 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 that's the thing it's like can be seen as like a writing gym you know it's a, yeah. a way to just practice and to flex your muscles your writing muscles i was gonna say as well like uh subscribing to grand mcguire's uh newsletter as well that's a really good bit of advice yeah 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 definitely she's yeah really a great um writer comedy writer amazing um jade are you ready for the second quiz of the podcast i am basic Um, breath well i mean actually this isn't really a quiz this is its maiden voyage uh so you're the first person to sail her um <laughs> so it's basically it's a game it's called first impressions yeah and you basically have to do impressions for me of celebrities but the celebrities are thirsty so i, okay, I need that right. to come across in your performance um uh so i mean if you've got three that would be great i mean i don't know how many celebrity impressions you can you can pull off the top of your head, but they oh do God, need to I'm sound so thirsty. Bad at impressions. <laughs> I'll yeah, definitely put the right person. <laughs> Luckily, I have some water here. Okay, I'm trying to think of a couple of people. Uh, I can't actually think of any celebrities. Sorry. Uh, let me think. So I've got two. Um, I just need to think of one more. I'm looking on my bookshelf. Um, <laughs> if you want, I could. I could it. improvise one at the end. I'm, I mean, I haven't, I'm really not prepared, but I could... Uh... <laughs> definitely definitely wanted, wanted that. Uh, no, I can do three. I can do three. Cool. I'll, I'll introduce it for the, because there's like a, a bit of music to, to go with it. Uh, so I'll do that. Let's play First Impressions. Impressions that are thirsty. I've got a guess who you are, but firstly, take a sec to get into the mindset of a celeb that ain't a tea, your coffee yet. I'm talking about De Niro without a Nero. Anthony Costa, Sansa Costa, a cat for Sun for DiCaprio. About a wine that's been aged for 25 years. No, Lisa's got me and got no bubble tea. Dennis Quay's looking for Lucas, eh? No sherry for Halle Berry, no real ale for Christian Bale, no Rabina for Christina Aguilera, Santa Agua. If you ain't first there, there you ain't here to party. First impressions, impressions that are thirsty. And then, then the music's played. Uh, <laughs> you sort of looked at it as if like, where, where's the music? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What one needs a drink, Charles. One one needs some water, Charles. Um, not sure where we stand on uh, grounds of taste. Uh, well, I, I, Camilla. Oh no, no, it wasn't Camilla. Was it the Queen? It was the Queen. Yeah, yeah. So that's what because I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, I suppose you could do an impression of a dead person. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I might. I mean, I didn't mean it in any bad way. I just <laughs> thought she was in. I was just honouring her. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So um, exactly. 
Now give me some water, I can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, that was what popped into my head when you said about impressions. <laughs> I, I like how your impressions are like, it, it's the words that <laughs> form me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm the godfather, give me some water. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying uh, to do a voice. Give me a, give me a water, I can't refuse. <laughs> um, Marlon Brando as... Uh, Dog Carleone in the Godfather, the the first edition. <laughs> Perfect. That was that was great. Um, okay, who's my last person gonna be? Oh, okay, that yeah, I just thought of someone, but I okay, this is gonna be so <laughs> shit. But the other two have been really shit as well. I don't know why I said that. Like the other I, two have been amazing. You've been smashing um, it, Jade. So I had <laughs> so bad. I need some water. Okay, I sound like a robot. If you can get that, I'm gonna be well impressed. Can I have it one more time? If I had some, no, I can't. It's okay. I need to tell you here it is because I can't even. It was supposed to be Christopher Walken. Oh, I was gonna guess Christopher Walken. Were you? Yeah, because oh, you sort of Sorry, stopped and started a little bit. You're like, I need. So what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need some water. <laughs> I uh, I like how the first element came in in their dialogue as well. Because yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking you'd be like, ah, my name, I need, ah. but oh yeah, that's was... true. Yeah, no, it was just that the impression was uh, doing impressions of anyone is and uh, too much for me to handle. <laughs> I couldn't add a thirsty element as well. I uh, I realize I've sort of uh, you know made a game that. Probably a lot of people will be like, oh, shit, I really hate <laughs> No, not at all. It's just um, you've tried it out with someone who has said to you on this show that I prefer writing to performing. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll have plenty of actor comedians on as well, so they'll love it. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I thought you did a good job, though. I thought that was... Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I, might, I might tread the boards now that you've said that. Yeah. <laughs> um... Cool. So uh, we'll head into the final section of the show, uh, which is called Show and Tell. I've got a new theme tune for that. So, yeah, obviously, I'll just play that now. My name's Elaine, and this is Marga. We're going to talk about this and that. So sit with a tea, I hope you're well. The section is called Show and Tell. Terrible on both parts. No, you were good. So, Jade, what have you brought along to discuss? It was either an old set, a bit of material that hasn't, that has been taken out of your set, or a note that has never been fully materialised. Um, so let me just check because there was a couple of things that I wanted to, I mean, one of them that I wanted to discuss. The problem was I, um, I, so the problem was I couldn't find, I've got just moved, so uh, I couldn't (laughs) find it in my notepad. So the thing that I wanted to speak about was something that I, well, there was two things, um, but the one, one of them was. I always tried to make work from when we were doing the advanced course that we did and where we had to go and take bits up and, and see if it worked. I could never really make this work. I did try it. I did used to do it in a set. So maybe as I talk about it, you'll remember. But I'm from quite a small village and I also really like Midsummer Murders. And <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, a girl of good taste. Um, but I used to have some material where I tried to we in my village we have like this parish magazine that comes around like this little magazine and annoyingly they've stopped it now but they used to have in it uh the crimes of that month so the crimes that had happened in the village and they were things like um uh someone tried to get into someone's shed a car has been left in the car park and whose is it like really mundane crimes yeah and I always think that there's something funny in that so I used to do a bit where I sort of compared the village like I compared my love of like Midsummer Murders with that and like what if Midsummer Murders was real this would be the these would be the crimes and then it was like the mystery of the stolen car and like the 
uh, and I would like say these like kind of Agatha Christie style headlines. Um, or and I mean it got some laughs, but I after the pandemic, I actually took when we started gigging again, I took a bunch of stuff out of my set that I haven't done anymore. Some of it was because it felt irrelevant. There was one thing that it just didn't really seem to work in my voice. And then this, it's like, I still think that there's something in it, but I just never really amounted to anything. And yeah. it never really, I guess I couldn't really figure out the angle. I think that's the thing. I think, so I, yeah, I think I vaguely remember you, like say doing that bit when we were in the course together. I think the the premise is so good because I think there's something kind of inherently funny about villages. Um, mm. But I wonder if like maybe the compare and contrast is not necessarily Midsummer Murders and the Village magazine because they're already quite similar. Similar, yeah. But, I mean, because you've lived in big cities now for the last couple of years, maybe it's more like compare and contrast between what you would see day to day, like walking around London compared to like somebody's wheelie yeah. bin's been graffitied or something. Or mm. graffitoed is maybe like the word. Um, yeah yeah that's a good point like i really think there's like good stuff in that and like the fact that somebody sat down and gone well everybody must know about like yeah the shed. Yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and then some months there would just be like under the crime section there is no crime <laughs> and now it's been taken out of the there's not even anything in there um but yeah no that's a good point like maybe the comparison was kind of too similar and it's like maybe the Midsummer Murders needs to come out in something else. Like my, my love of that. I don't know why, but yeah. I do want to talk about Midsummer Murders in my stand up, but I don't yeah. know how. I, I, yeah. Maybe the, like you say, the Midsummer Murders is part of a different bit. Cause like yeah. your love for it almost could be the joke. Like, yeah. You know, that, you know, all the, like I really love um, Mrs. Outfire and we were talking with some friends the other night and uh, they're going, they're going, Oh yeah. And there's that bit with Piers Brosnan. I go, Stuart Dunmire. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the obsessive nature of how much you love it and how much you know about it maybe is like the the funny thing. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Like, I remember telling someone that I got BritBox. So you know, like when you um sometimes when you get a new phone and they give you like six months of uh streaming channel, and yeah. most people go for like Apple TV, I think. But I went for BritBox, and they were like, "Why did you go for BritBox?" And I was like, "Oh, because I wanted to watch every episode of." Midsummer Murders, um, in in order, uh, but yeah, I, unfortunately, I didn't get through it in the six months. But there's a lot of Midsummer Murders. That, oh man, I feel like that would work just as you said it then, like because I imagine that the person saying why are you going for Britbox, Britbox, sorry, is the um person giving you the phone, like this, they can't yeah, believe right. somebody's gone for Britbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like what, like you're going for Britbox, like typing it in because I have to put in, yeah, <laughs> like what. Like, yeah, yeah, that actually, maybe that's my way of, of doing that. Um, it's fun, though, when you've had an old bit that you've wanted to work for ages, because the other thing that I was going to mention about is for ages, like from when I first started, I like literally like first jokes in the beginners course that we did. I always wanted to write some material about being left-handed. I could never find the angle for it. And it was just like some pretty like dull jokes and then um uh, and then I started gigging and I was like oh no there's kind of boring jokes so I took them out and then I kind of wanted to frame it as in um material about how because being left-handed like I couldn't o I struggle to open a can and then in <laughs> um apocalypses like the food whenever there's an apocalypse or something in a film um people are eating out of cans so it's like oh what am I gonna eat and then I always try to make that bit work but I found weirdly that people I assumed everyone knew this but I found that not enough people kind of knew that most people with who are left-handed struggle with um opening a can but then in the last like month or so I brought back the material but I framed it as um oh like I I'm left-handed and I'm telling you this because I'm a comedian I'm trying to like I'm a middle-class comedian so I'm trying to find a personality <laughs> and then I've got a couple of jokes about being left-handed and then by doing that I can then introduce 
the fact because everyone knows about um scissors so then i've like got a thing about being left-handed and struggling with scissors and then i sort of framed it as oh i also can't open cans which i used to think was a left-handed thing but um i found out i'm just stupid and then because i've let people know i can't open a can i can then do my i wouldn't survive an apocalypse because i can't eat canned food and then it kind of it seems to work and it's almost like two I discovered it was two bits that can be done kind of as a bit but it's like one leads into another and because I've let people know I'm left-handed can't open a can and actually that's possibly not because I'm left-handed just because I can't open a can and then I can do that and it was just fun to like figure I mean it still needs working on I've just done it a few times in the last couple of months but um you know when you try something for the first time you're like oh there's definitely something in this um so that was nice i like as well that it's framed in that thing of like you know i'm a what was it you said i'm a com- like a comedian middle class i need something oh, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> middle class comedian so i need some kind of personality like i was uh i've never tried it but at the uh, a while ago i had this idea for a joke which was along a similar line that i was uh, keen to kind of like get in touch with my Italian heritage a bit more like if anything just to kind of distance myself from the white British side and so far I've moved to Oxford it's going really well like that kind of (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I think it's a bit contradictory to like my persona to be that self-aware I guess Um, yeah yeah I remember as well seeing Dan Kitson ages ago as well and he like he has a a stammer and um, Mm. like I think in one bit he was it was happening quite a lot so he just had to break out of it and go, look, uh, this isn't real. Like, um, I'm white and I'm rich. I need something to just bring me down a peg or two. Like, <laughs> I've invented it. <laughs> um, That's great. But I like that that bit is, like, framed within that because then almost, like, you can kind of have it as, like, a checklist of, like, does this joke that I'm writing for it relate back to that premise? Mm. Or, like, does the closing mm. joke relate back to that premise? And so it concludes with, and that's why I failed to present myself as you know x mm. y and z um mm. Mm. I, I really like those bits because it's like you, you're writing material and like the the main concern is does it work yes or no but then also it's like what well, is it like we were saying at the beginning is it conforming to what i want to say and what i actually feel yeah. and think um, yeah definitely something that i felt um i fi- found i have to be quite aware of with Stat with writing stand up, but also um, just writing jokes and writing other stuff is sometimes so with some people, with lots of people, it's like, oh, you need to cut out words, but sometimes for me, it's like I leave important information out that it's like I've almost like assumed people know, and then the joke doesn't work because they've only got like half the story, and that's something I really found when I first started um is like and something I have to be aware of is like oh do people actually know everything that they need to know okay don't give them too information too much information but people do need to know certain things for a joke to work uh and that's something I definitely found I remember I uh so I won't say what it is because I don't want to sort of burn the material I think but you have that joke about having a Harry Potter tattoo and mm. for ages, I saw you do that joke thinking like, oh, it's probably just got like the small triangle thing with the circle. In it. But like, I've seen it and it's massive. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really annoying. Yeah, a few gigs. There's been a few times where like I did a gig the other week and there was a, I, it was uh, the one in Brighton Cackle and there was a yeah. birthday party and they were quite rowdy, but in a really nice way. And I had quite loose trousers on and I did that joke and then they were like let me see it and I like, pulled up my trouser leg and everyone was like oh no was like, yeah. <laughs> do, do you ever say that in the bit like not a small little you know easy to cover one like a fucking <laughs> yeah I used to say like oh I have a massive hat I think I do yeah I sort of say like oh I have a massive Harry Potter tattoo yeah 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 so I, I don't want to make you feel bad I'm sure you don't uh it's just, yeah, for ages, I assumed it was, like, a very small, like, logo yeah. symbol type thing. <laughs> small, um, yeah, a small, discreet thing that can be easily hidden. No, unfortunately <laughs> not. But then Harry Potter isn't a bad guy. It's just the person he created. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How do you separate the art from the artist? 
I mean, I've got like a stupid Spider-Man tattoo on my wrist, so I'm really hoping that. Uh... Yeah, but Stan is is Spider-Man Stan Lee. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not a bigger, is he? Uh, well, I don't think so. He's passed away now, so hopefully nothing comes ah. out where he's like. Yeah. It was the 40s. Everyone was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember uh, this is not to do with writing, but this is to do with <laughs> tattoos. But um, someone that I know uh, has an Ian Brown tattoo and he, I think, was abusive. And I remember thinking like, ha ha ha, I would never make that mistake. <laughs> and then um, obviously I have. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. I feel like that could be a topper to it as well that thing of like oh yeah you know yeah oh thank you i need to actually make a note um <laughs> yeah ian brown topper and um what was the other thing we said about oh yeah with my choosing brick box yeah 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 that's so funny like i was just gonna say quickly about that as well i remember i had a similar thing ages ago where i went to uh nando's in brighton like so i ate meat at that point and um it's, a, it's the one and only time I've ever gone to Nando's and like the lady showed me to the, the uh, table she was like, have been to Nando's before? I went, no, it's my first time. She went, you've never been to Nando's? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's so funny. <laughs> I do like those things that happen in life where you're like, if I wasn't a comedian I'd probably be annoyed about this, but actually Yeah. This is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, actually, this is something maybe that, um, oh no, what? Oh damn, I can't um oh damn I was gonna say a bit and then I can't even remember how it went but basically when I was in New Zealand I had a bit about like buying a um going to buy a milkshake and then the guy said something which made it seem like I was having like like mainlining milkshake into me it was like I was having (laughs) so much milkshake and it was like a thing of milk like a bottle of milkshake damn I can't remember like what he said to me I'll have to dig out I have those notepads as well but it's just digging through everything and finding it yeah I always like I really like talking about comedy and it always makes me think of like just bits that I've like half written or like you know got to a point with um which is good I think because like or like something happens in life you go oh yeah I've written about this like I could actually Mm. put it in my set yeah and that's quite nice when like uh, you're emceeing and then someone says something and it's maybe a joke that like I ha- used to have a joke about um, living with a drug addict. And I took it out of my set because it kind of tied into living alone, which I don't anymore. But also, I don't know, like it was it wasn't particularly mean to her. And anyway, she like tried to steal my money. So <laughs> I don't mind yeah. too much. But I didn't want it to seem like I was being mean about people who were drug addicts because it's like that's obviously an illness yeah like i didn't dislike her because she was a drug addict i disliked her because she wasn't a very nice person but i sort of took it out my set but then um someone did uh, a set and they talked about like living on their own or something like that so or they talked about like a bad housemate so it was like oh well i can i'll use that joke you know after their set just as a little yeah. like bridge to bring on the next person and so it's good to have all those little bits that, you know, are kind of in the back of your mind and someone says something and it sort of reminds you of what it is and you kind of remember it enough to say, but yeah. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't put that back in my set or anything. Yeah, I think it just makes you look a lot more accomplished because it's like, here's a bit based on what's happened mm. tonight. So it's like, it's more than an ad lib. It's like, it's a prepared yeah. written thing. I have a thing about um, being the third wheel on a date, uh, which I did as an ad lib at a gig because the MC was like oh who's the third wheel with this couple which happens quite a lot at gigs I think a lot of MCs <laughs> just sort of go to that yeah and I always find it a bit mean I'm like well they probably feel a bit self-conscious anyway so like yeah I think I went I wanted to go up on stage and be like being the third wheel is the best wheel man it gives stability to the other two these, these there wouldn't be a couple without you and he got <laughs> they got nothing so then I was like I'm gonna write it into a bit because uh, you know I liked it yeah well, it got nothing when you did it. First time. I mean, I've done it since and it's absolutely brought the house down, Jade. But uh... <laughs> Oh, yeah. But I mean, I think like it's a really funny bit. But also if if someone come out and ad lib that, like, I think that's really like, I don't get how, especially if the MC had like mentioned it, I don't get how it didn't get anything. What I'm trying to say is that audience were ridiculous. I sometimes, I mean, not to like, you know, pat myself in back too much, but sometimes I think you ad lib something and you go, that was a good joke. 
Like there was yeah. one gig where the MC brought me on and he went, I've n- uh, never worked with this guy before, but he turned up on time and he's very polite. And I was like, oh, that's what my girlfriend said on our first date. Nothing. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Like, I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not brilliant, but it's like, you know, it's, no, it's fair at the I moment. Like uh, Jade, Beryl, Gabby, thank you very much. The end. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> what did I say? Carl Kingsley Kazana. Thank you for having me. That is the end. 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 We've all had fun. I'd like to thank you for listening along. Share this app nearest and dear. I'd like to thank my guest insert name here. We'll be back with another one soon. In the meantime leave us a review. Only if it is five stars or above. I think you'll agree. Five isn't enough. Like and subscribe. That would be the best. See you again on the Joy of Sets.